Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. On today's episode, Liz and I welcome life coach Julie Balkman to the show, and we discuss the dating game when it comes to relationships and how to get out of the game and develop healthy, happy relationships without the runaround. Julie Balkman is a certified life coach with eight years and thousands of hours of coaching experience. She focuses on helping individuals and couples through the dating and early marriage stages so they can enjoy authentic happiness. She has experience as an expert panelist for Mutual, the LDS dating app, and was a former co-host of a three-year international young adult support group. Julie is the owner and operator of the 100 Interviews Project, where she has interviewed 120 young adults about dating, and she's currently in the process of turning her findings into a book. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Stronger Marriage Connection. I'm Dr. Dave here at Utah State University, alongside our clinical psychologist, Dr. Liz Hale. We are dedicating our lives in this podcast, really bringing you the best research and, and tips and tools to help you have the marriage of your dreams. Okay, Liz, I'm super excited about our, our guest today. Me too, me too, he is Dave. from Washington State and is a life coach with eight years of experience and thousands of hours helping individuals <laughs> and couples work through life and dating and relationship challenges. Julie Balkman, welcome to Stronger Marriage Connection. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So glad to have you here with us. Okay, can we start, Julie, right off the the back, kind of taking a, a big picture look at our topic today. Can we tell us a little bit more about you, and then we'll dive into a little bit more uh, about the the topic and dating and getting out of the, the dating game? Yes, I am known for helping people get out of the dating game and into a real relationship that lasts. Uh, and so you're what's called a certified um, life coach. Is that right? Can you tell us a little bit more about how or why you got into coaching and, uh, and really the focus? Yes. Uh, life coaching helped me come out of depression and anxiety associated with the failing of a marriage. And it brought me to a place of freedom and joy that I had never known before, which then led me to where I am today, which is married to the man of my dreams. He is my soulmate. And I believe in love and I believe and I hold that possibility for that type of love for others. So I became a life coach so that I could share the love. Oh, I love that. And, and tell us why specifically you focus on more of the young adults and, and dating. What, what drew you to that area? Yeah, well, in the pain of my divorce, I took a walk back in time and I was thinking at what time would it have been possible to save my marriage? And the answer was clear that that would have been during the dating phase 
or the newlywed phase of the relationship. So uh, most people who are in the, the dating phase or the newlywed phase are young adults. Yeah. Yeah. So you're really dedicating, I mean, your life's work then, it sounds like, to really helping those, those individuals, kind of the early, early years as they're getting started, they're dating and that transition to, to marriage, helping them get off on the, on the right foot. Yes. Plus, I feel like I can relate to young adults and their modern age dilemmas, one of which is dating. And, you know, they're, uh, they're trying to navigate some like older, outdated, more traditional way of dating, and it, it's not working for them. So, Julie, you're not, you don't believe necessarily, like in your first marriage, if you don't mind me asking, um, it wasn't so much that you married the wrong person or it wasn't the right connection. It was some, you wish you had done things differently in the earlier stages. Did I get that right? Yes, yes. I did not have the tools and I did not know how to have a happily ever after. I wanted that. I believe that my husband did too. But we just didn't know how to do that. We just didn't know how to. Yeah, I get that. I think it's why John Gottman feels that. Is it around like year six? I think his research says that that is really the most tenuous time or up to year six. That real, that's really crucial to get help by then. So I, I see what you're saying. Do you ever feel, Julie, sometimes we do marry the wrong person, that, that no matter what we do after marriage, we can't compensate for choosing poorly? Do you, do you see that as well? I've never thought about it that way. Um, I think that uh, most people I talk to and the way that I was raised, there is this... Um, over awareness or concern or fear of choosing the wrong, marrying the wrong one. There's going to be something wrong. Something bad will happen if I choose the wrong thing or the wrong person. Thus, I believe that that type of thinking keeps us stuck. Paralyzed too, right? Yeah, paralyzed. Yes. <laughs> okay, I can relate to that. So you want us to get out of the dating game, young adults. What What is the game exactly? And do and we we do want to get out of it. Is that correct? Uh, well, yes. If you want to have a happy, healthy relationship that lasts. So, what is the dating game? I would say that it's a self-preserving. Um, exchange of imitation love. Uh, and that kind of love does not last because it's not the real thing. And uh, ways that people can relate is when I use um, adjectives to describe it, like it's waiting, it's guessing and assuming, it's expectations and pressure, it's performing and evaluating, comparing and trading, lying, pretending, Confusing, complaining, <laughs> anxiety. We can all relate to that. I, it's all part yeah, of I the same. Can. Okay. All right. So say more, or Dave, where, where do we go next? I like yeah. I like the sounds of yeah, this. Yeah, that's interesting because, and I think that for many couples, as, as they start out, it feels like, um, you know, it's superficial. We're kind of, you know, putting our best yeah. foot forward. I think, every, I think that's natural. Like that imitation kind of, love, right? Yeah, yeah. Said. yeah. So we're trying to get point. to know each other. But what you're saying, Julie, it sounds like that that you can't that does that part. It may kind of bring us initially together and it's kind of fun, but man, we've got to really move past that, right? 
Yes. Yeah. If you're playing the game, you're guaranteed to be confused. Uh, you're going to sign up to be a mind reader and expect someone to read your mind. And you're going to spend a lot of time waiting. I would say if there's one primary descriptive word when it comes to the dating game, it's waiting. And I don't believe in waiting. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So tell us more than um, Julie about relationships today. Relationships today. Um, they are conditional and commonly disappointing. And in today's world, there are many ways to define a relationship. And if you can't define it, you can call it a situationship. <laughs> that's interesting. I've never heard of that term, Liz. I've never heard of that. That's great. It's a common popular term, situationship. I don't know how to describe this relationship that I'm in. Uh, we're more than friends. Uh, we're, but not exactly dating. We're not sure. And we're both afraid to define the relationship. So it's a situationship. So this is the waiting part you're talking about. Is that right, Julie? Well, oftentimes when I think about waiting, it's um, waiting for the other person to do something to uh, make the first move, to express themselves, to define how they feel, uh, waiting for the other person to open up and be vulnerable, um, waiting for a text, waiting for someone to ask you out. Lots of waiting. And, and what should they do instead? And not waiting, they should be more assertive? Or... Oh, uh, make decisions. <laughs> Communicate. Clearly, I call it CCQ, clear, concise, and quick, so that you can clearly understand. I um, I don't know if you've heard of the term DTR. Oh, determine the relationship. Define the yeah. relationship, of course. Yeah. Um, I changed that to DTRD, which is define the relationship daily or dately. In other words, uh, to me, define the relationship is not a, okay, let's define the relationship so that you can expose yourself and I can know better where I stand. But basically, define the relationship is define how you feel. I do that in my marriage. I do it all the time with my husband. I define how I feel. He doesn't have to guess or wonder. We're not playing the game. We're clear. And so when you define, like if you go out on a date and the date ends, you can say how you feel. Like, I had a great time. I'd love to do this again. Or thank you so much. I appreciate your time and I'm not interested in going on another date. That way, the person is clear. They don't have to wonder. They don't have to read signs or signals or look for them or watch for them or puzzle or analyze like, What's going on and what is this person thinking? Waiting for the after date text, it just eliminates all of that. And waiting and anticipating, there's a lot of anxiety around the define the relationship moment. And it removes that from the game. Yeah, I see. So tell us about, I mean, what's a, what's a real relationship today? I mean, based on unconditional love, tell us, tell us about that. It's seeing, accepting, and loving a person. 
with their fears, flaws, and mistakes without expecting them to be different than who they really are. It's the difference between I care how you make me feel versus I care how you feel. Mm-hmm. That sounds a lot different, doesn't it? Than, um, than this game we're talking about, right? Than winning the game. What's the, what's the big difference in those two kind of strategies or ways of, of dating? Well, you can choose to be real and accept the real person you are, or you can win the game with a fake you, fall in love with a fake person and trade fake love, which is not sustainable. And it leads to disappointment. So if you play the game to get to the altar, you will carry the game into your marriage. And how does that look? How does that look? Going from the dating game to the to marriage game, basically. Yeah. Really? I'd love to hear more. <laughs> well, I tell most of my clients that most marriages that they witness are all around them are still trying to play this game. Um, and I would say that uh why do I think it carries into marriage? Because you've already set expectations. Like um you make me so happy and I make you happy. We should get married. (laughs) And then you get married and the real you comes forward because you can't help but be you over time. And the facade falls away and then you're disappointed. And I believe that disappointment leads to resentment. Resentment leads to bitterness. Bitterness leads to contempt. And by then you're just done and you're either living together parallel lives that are not really together or you break up. Mm. Painful, just painful. Yeah. And I've experienced the pain. (laughs) Me too. Me too. And we can alleviate some of that with your good help. Yes. And I believe that most dating advice comes from the desire to protect all daters out there from having a difficult or disappointing marriage. And it's based on fear. Yeah. Uh. And that, that leads then to the, this question, then what do you think are the biggest obstacle or the obstacles to today's young adults finding romantic um, relationships that lead to marriage? One of my favorite questions, <clears throat> three main things. Are you ready? Let's do it. <laughs> Fear of making decisions is the number one thing. Two, lack of experience and lack of maturity. And three, lack of time spent in the real world. Hmm. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. So, if, which fear feels like it comes back to this this safety? You're feeling like I can risk or be vulnerable, and or they might not like the real me. You know, so you kind of put on this. Yes. Um, you know, I don't have much experience. Is that what you're saying? Yes, we've been taught that the real you is not likable. Uh, The advice, one of the, uh, I call it bogus dating advice. And um, one of the many on my list is put your best foot forward. Um, It implies, you know, that uh, your, your stinky, dirty foot is not acceptable and don't let anyone see that. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah, that's good. We'll be right back after this brief message. 
stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Well, let's dive right in. So put your worst foot forward and um, <laughs> hopefully somebody else is putting their worst <laughs> foot forward, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I would say, you know, uh, we all want to put our best foot forward and, and we have a best foot. We all do. And certainly we put that. And a stinky one. one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But hiding who we really are, keeping secrets, being afraid, like, most people I talk to, and I can understand this because I think all humans can relate to this, that there's a part of us that just feels like um, not enough. Like I could do better. I should improve. I, you know, no one is going to accept me as I am because I'm such a flawed human and I have a lot of issues. I'm quirky. I'm weird. I'm awkward. I'm whatever it is, fill in the blank. But when you allow someone to see that side of you and, you know, in dating, I think people get afraid of that, you know, that level of vulnerability because you don't want to go on a first date and spill your whole life story, but you can incrementally share the truth about yourself in a way that promotes connection. And the example I commonly use is um, say you match on a dating app and you're meeting up with someone and you're late. You could make up an excuse that makes you look good. Or you could tell the truth, which might sound something like this. Sorry, I'm late. I was so nervous about this date. I had to drive around the block three times to calm myself down. And in that moment, that is where the connection is found. And nine times out of 10, the person you're on a date with is going to be like, oh, phew. Thank you for saying that. I was nervous too. And then suddenly you're two humans connecting rather than two humans who are like using a measuring stick to decide if you're good enough or, you know, you're going to meet my needs or what, you know, attachment uh, style or we've got all this dialogue in our head of like what to look for and, and how to be. And when you establish connection based on fears, flaws, and mistakes, then suddenly you're two humans. Wow. I'm really happy to know about your work, Julie. So for young adults who might be listening, singles, older adults even who are single, right? We're like you and I, we married later in life. What would you say are the one or two things that we should look for in a potential partner to ensure some success or at least a good start? Yes. Um, two things to look for in a potential partner. And I want to preface this by saying preferences, requirements, and deal breakers do matter. And the reason why I say these two things are the only things that matter is because the preferences, requirements, and deal breakers change and evolve over time and with life experience. But the two things that matter most, they don't change. And that is 
Number one, someone who is willing to learn. And number two, someone who is willing to be wrong. And you always start with you because you are a potential partner. So are you willing to learn, learn how to be in a real relationship that is based on unconditional love? And are you willing to be wrong? Can you say, I'm willing to be wrong? Can you accept? A lot of people are always asking me, well, what's an example of being wrong or being willing to be wrong? Well, it's easy to say sorry, which has turned into sort of a trite way of like responding to many things, but saying I was wrong or my mistake, my bad. And then another way of being wrong is simply, um, and I'm sure you guys have heard of Byron Katie. I don't know if she calls herself a life coach, but she's an author and she um, wrote a book, well, several books, but one of my favorites is Loving What Is. Loving What Is. I love that book. She said, uh, if you argue with reality, you will lose 100% of the time. And that's one way of being wrong is wanting someone to be different than who they are simply because that's just not what is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love her work. I like that. It sounds like even underlying both of those, those things, this um, willingness to learn and and to be wrong, it requires humility. That's what's screaming out to me underneath both of those. You want a humble, compassionate, um, vulnerable person. Is that, is that what you see as well? Well, yes. And just that recognition. I mean, we've all been there and we all know other people who would rather be right than happy. And uh, when you fight for the right rather than connection, you will lose. (laughs) You can win and be right, you know, and, and, and that is a hit of power, but it will never be a hit of connection. Yeah. Wow. So, for our listeners today, Julie, do you have some some more practical tips and tools? Um, they're, they're either kind of in the dating game, or maybe they've even you know transitioned to the first little um, first few months or years of marriage. Do you have practical tips and tools that you like to share with uh, with all individuals or couples? Practical tips and tools. I always say start with love. Um. Learn how to be a receiver of love so that when you go on a date or have an interaction with your partner, you are not an empty, needy vessel looking for someone to fill your love bucket. Oftentimes, I think that uh, with our emptiness and neediness, we're looking for someone else to fill us up or to give us the happiness that we desire. And In that process, like, yes, someone can contribute to your happiness. We get love from other people, certainly. But when we go out into the world and we're dating for someone else to give us what we are largely responsible for, and we're sort of like absolving our own responsibility and expecting someone else to do our work for us, I call that the most dangerous way to date and the most disappointing way to be married is making someone else responsible for you. Um, The next practical bit of advice, and a lot of people come to me and I get it. And, you know, I went through this process myself 
which is why, as I said before, I am a life coach, is help me become a receiver of love. How do I do that? Because um, we've all heard the phrase, you should just love yourself. And I don't believe that you can give what you haven't got. So how do you receive love? And I'm happy to go into that. But my second practical bit of advice, and I always say these two things, become a receiver of love and become a decision maker. A dating expert, which is what I would call myself, is simultaneously a decision making expert. (laughs) It is so important to make decisions. So I've developed um, and this, you know, I don't know how it was just like this wonderful download of inspiration. I call it the decision making success system. And I designed it because I realized there are so many people, especially in the dating phase of their lives who are just, I think you said it, Liz, paralyzed when it comes to decision making. And I felt like they really needed help and support when it came to decision-making in order to progress with dating. So I developed my decision-making success system to help them make incremental decisions. And what it does is it helps you first and foremost, get out of fear, but it builds confidence, which I have never met a client who has not said I want more confidence. It builds confidence. It builds awareness, um, especially self-awareness, self-discovery, and self-acceptance. So be a receiver of love and be Mm -hmm. a decision maker. Decision maker. That's beautiful. Boy, isn't that just across the board, no matter if we are single or married, is the the decision-making piece, I think. David, I've heard, um, Julie, about your dating interview project. What's a quick summary of this project and, and why did you do it, please? In 2019 and 2020, I interviewed 120 young adults about dating. They were conversational face-to-face interviews. There were 10 questions. The first one being, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to dating? And what do you want instead? Um, I started in starting my life coaching business. Um, I hired, uh, well, I joined a business academy and with that came a business coach and she suggested in order to get new potential clients that I could interview 10 people about dating. And I thought 10 people, who's going to want to talk to me about dating first of all, and 10 is a lot. And I realized as I put the word out there that I had way more than 10 people who were so willing and just absolutely energized to talk to me about dating. And they opened up and (laughs) I took a ton of notes. I recorded these interviews and I loved it so much. I set a goal to interview 100 people. And I ended up going 20 people over because I loved it so much. And I had many, many more volunteers. So with that, um, I decided because I just felt like the information was so important and vital. I decided I wanted to write a book about my experience. 
Based on the the interviews of those 120. Yes. Yes. And then the name of that book, has it been released? Is it? Well, I don't know the name yet. I've kind of put it out there. Um, I've had some opportunities to speak to a few groups of young adults recently, and I've asked them to like, hey, uh, let's brainstorm and figure out the best name for this book. But currently, in my mind, it's something along the lines of the elephant in every YSA ward. (laughs) because as we all know among young adults it's kind of not cool to be seen as someone who wants to get married because somehow that is desperate and so then dating has become this like taboo or there's a stigma associated with it so I don't know yet if that's going to be the title, but I just feel like that that's where I'm being led as I'm, you know, learning more. And with the interviews, it's, this is an elephant. (laughs) I spent many, I spent years in the young single adult wards in the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. So that that's a great place to get a lot of data, a lot of feedback, a lot of information and to do your greatest teaching, right? That, and I I know other religions have their access to young adult activities and connections and and groups. So, wow, you are just a hot commodity. So, so needed for those tender hearts who are out in the dating world. We love what you're doing. So I love it too. Oh, Julie. Hey, we like to ask all of our guests, um, Julie, what do you, what do you feel like is the key then to a stronger marriage connection in your mind? You know, um, I really, this question always like has stumped me before, but I feel like, you know, each time my answer evolves as I have more life experience and more life coaching experience as well. And I would say that one word comes to mind and that is responsible. And um, I believe that being responsible is sexy, romantic, confident, peaceful, and loving. Because responsible, I would say, is you being responsible for you. And then you can step into your own life with freedom and joy. And my highest value when it comes to relationships is freedom. And freedom requires responsibility. And without freedom, there is no love. Wow. I love that. Strong. Yep. I want people to, we want both of us, people to find out about you and your resources, Julie. So where can they go, please? Where's the best place to know about Julie Balkman? Oh, uh, my website. You could start there. Julie Balkman, B-A-L-K-M-A-N, coaching.com. On my blog, I have a summary of my dating interview project. It's called Gen Z and Millennial Dating Trends. And uh, that's, that's a nice name for a book too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, that's, there you go. I didn't think about that. I kind of like that. It encompasses everyone that way. Yes, exactly. It's more inclusive, that title. Um, okay, so then also on my website, I have some free resources, and I'm going to put one up, especially for your listeners, which is a downloadable PDF, two things to look for in a potential partner, 
with more details, you know, under each category of willing to learn and willing to be wrong. Love it. Thank oh, you for that. Great. Such yeah. a gift. And we'll put those oh, and our... then, sorry, I just also, And there's more. <laughs> I spend, there's more. There is more. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, me and my assistant. And my Instagram handle is lifecoach.julie. And I, you know, if you want to reach me, send me a DM. That's a good place to go to um, get to me quickly. Okay, wonderful. on Instagram. We'll put that in the website. Um, all your links in our in our show notes as well for for listeners. For listeners, you can visit there for more information about Julie Baltman and what she has to offer. Julie, before we let you go, we like to to ask you what do you feel like your takeaway of the day is, and all the information that you shared. Is there something key that you want our listeners to remember, and what is that? Oh yes, um, be a decision maker. You can do it. And if you need help, contact me. I would love to teach you the decision-making success system. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Liz, what about you? What's your take? Yeah, you know, that was going to be mine as well, Dave. Just, I, I love this idea of Julie's quick, clear, and concise, you know, CCQ, and, and really becoming fearless. I think that's really what it's all about. We get so immobilized, so paralyzed by our thoughts and our fears. So clear. Concise and quick. Love that. What about you, Dave? What's your biggest takeaway from today's interview? Yeah, I think that, man, you've touched on a lot of important things, I think, for, for those who are in this dating game and trying to get out of this dating game. I love that you talk about this willingness to learn, um, this willingness to learn, this willingness to, to change, to be open, uh, to make those decisions, I think, is, is critical. And for me, it comes back to this humility that research and Gottman research, especially for men, right? It's this willingness to accept um, influence to, to, to change, to learn, um, and to grow and not to, to so much fake it, you know, through this and not to throw up all of our laundry on that, on that first date, but, but not, yeah, not hide behind your, who you really are. Cause ultimately that's, that's what the person will get is, is you can only hide it for so long. So, um, I sure appreciate all the the insights, uh, Julie, the things that you've shared with us today um, on this episode of Stronger Marriage Connection. So thank you again for joining us. It's fun to be here and to see you guys. Awesome. Back yes, thanks again. And for our listeners, we'll see you next time on another episode of Stronger Marriage Connection. And remember, it's the small things that create a stronger marriage connection. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, do us a favor and take a few minutes to subscribe to our podcast and the Utah Marriage Commission YouTube channel, where you can watch this and every episode of the show. When you hit the like button and leave a comment, your feedback helps us improve the show. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You can also follow and connect with us on Instagram at Stronger Marriage Life and on Facebook at Stronger Marriage. Be sure to share with us what topics you want us to explore and what you loved about today's episode. If you want even more resources to improve your relationship connection, visit our website at strongermarriage.org, where you'll find free workshops, webinars, relationship surveys, and more. Each episode of Stronger Marriage Connection is hosted and sponsored by the Utah Marriage Commission at Utah State University. And finally, a big thanks to our producers Rex Polanis and Alexis Alcott and the team at Utah State University. And you, our audience, you make this show possible. A gun in the face. 
Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.